Welcome to the business of strength powered by Varsity House Gym, the podcast for strength entrepreneurs. What's up, everybody? Coach Joe here from the business of strength. I'm here with my business partner, Dan Goodman, and we're bringing you another episode. Today's episode is going to be Operation Rebound, what to do post COVID-19 scare and how, how we're all as an industry going to move past this. I think the whole world is freaking out right now and rightfully so. And, you know, unfortunately there's a lot of people getting sick and, and or, or worse around the world. And uh, a lot of States and countries and such are on lockdown. And, uh, and, and, you know, we got to have a, a proactive plan for moving forward once the bands are lifted, once the lockdown is lifted and the gyms are going to reopen and, and, and you're going to get back in business at some point. So what's next? So, you know, Dan and I have put together, this is more of an idea dump than, than it is a directive. Um, but some, definitely some things to think about that we think are going to be, you know, prevalent amongst the industry. And one of the things that we, that I, that I foresee is that there will be some changes in the industry in the way that we do business um, that have been affected by the coronavirus and the fact that um, we will have to change the way in which we deliver our products a little bit in the very near future. Now it might not last forever. You know, people as long, you know, once they have a vaccine, once this becomes something that, you know, you can, you know, go to your CVS and get a vaccine for every year, like kind of like a flu um, might be a little bit less of a scare but the reality is in the very short term, let's say gyms and, and the bands and all that gets lifted, you know, sometime by May, you know, it's going to take a little bit of time to get people, you know, feeling comfortable about coming back to the gym and so forth. And how you, you know, verbalize that, the action steps that you take, the product that you put out and, and, and the, you know, the message to the, to the clients and the community is going to be really critical. So that's kind of some of the things that we're going to talk about today. And, uh, and, uh, and so forth. So, you know, Dan, yeah, I know you put together a pretty good action plan as to kind of what we, what we're currently doing. And, uh, and then we'll talk a little bit about moving forward. So if you want to just kind of give people a quick kind of rehash of, you know, a couple key points as to if you're and right now, people are in survival mode, like what, what are the top two or three things that people can do right now to, you know, to, to, in a sense, you know, get out, get out, survive one and two, you know, start thinking about, you know, what's next. Right. I mean, for, for us right here in the Tri-State area, you know, obviously we're on full lockdown and full quarantine. Uh, and I'm sure the, the rest of the country will follow suit hopefully soon because the sooner that we do it, the sooner that hopefully we can get through this. So I think one of the first things and just speaking to other gym owners right now is, is addressing is addressing the elephant in the room with your members is that you have to let them know like, Hey, look, like we're not running. We're going to be as persistent as possible, but this is the time that we need you more than ever. And you have to provide value for them probably more than ever right now in terms of live training sessions, a vault of videos, nutrition information, food logs, and communication is number one. Whether you have 50 members or 500 members, you as the owner, GM, head coach, whatever it is, you have to get on the phone and call people. You got to get on the phone and call people. You got to text people, individual emails. People need support and leadership more than ever right now. There's no funnel, no Facebook ads, none of that bullshit right now. You have to be proactive with your communication and you can't run from this thing. You have to address it head on. And you have to be a leader and a beacon of hope for, for people in your community. That's why people belong to your gym. Um, you know, and, and we're going to get into a couple things right now is that when we go back to the gym, you know, the, first and foremost, we're going to have to debunk, you know, the myth that the gyms, you know, the gym is a four letter word that people are, you know, that people want to come back and train and feel comfortable about training. And we're going to talk about a couple of things that you can do in the gym space to make sure that the message and verbiage and sanitary practices are that, that keep your people safe, feeling safe and comfortable while coming back to the gym. And it might have to be staggered, right? Like even if the government lifts us in a week or two weeks, 
you know, the, the, uh, the gym varsity house, we will change some of the things that we've done before we went into the lockdown in terms of, you know, booking into classes, staggering classes, you know, how many coaches on the floor, all things like that are subject, subject to change. And, you know, we look at it as, as almost a positive situation where, you know, for in the long haul, this sucks right now, but we're, we're going to be able to make some business changes that hopefully really help us course correct for the next 10, 20 years that, you know, this could be a launch pad for that is positivity. And there will be silver lining with the businesses that make it out to the other end of this thing. And uh, we're going to talk about some of those things and some of those measures that we, that we anticipate happening when we do reopen. Yeah. I mean, like, let's talk, I mean, look at the end of the day, gang, this happened. That's really it. I mean, shit happens, right. As they say, and there's nothing we can do about this right now. The fact of the matter is that a virus literally swept the fucking world and, and countries all over have, have been hit way harder than us. You know, uh, you know, thankfully, we have great medical practices, medical facilities and great doctors, nurses and, and care workers in our country. I think people are a little bit more carefree. I don't, you know, in some countries, they took it very seriously and locked down hard. I think here it's like, you know, again, like taking away people's freedoms by telling them they can't go out of the house. And, and so we might have been a little bit slower to respond than what, you know, some people would have liked to see. But the fact of the matter is that this shit happened. It, it's still happening. And it's going to be here for the next foreseeable future. Let's call it the next year until, you know, or so until we have a vaccine or it runs its course or whatever it might be. And really, the only thing you can do is, is, is move forward positively. So if you plan on being in business after coronavirus, then you have to have a, a distinct plan of leadership and action for you know, your people and, and your community. Right. Because you know, right now, people are looking for a voice. They're looking for leadership. And, and they're looking for direction. And, and and being all over the place isn't going to help anybody, right? And just being no, and, kind of being a scared, like you know, with your tail between your legs and like not doing anything—that's well, not helping either. Well, Joe, I think to to that point too is that you're going to see people that were looking for an excuse. Oh yeah, and that this gives didn't it to have them. their didn't have their heart fully in this thing. They're going to be out, and you're going to see businesses, not just in the gym business, but there's going to be other businesses that say, you know what, this isn't for me. And they're not going to be willing to pick up the pieces and move forward where you, you have to look at this thing and go, you know what? Like, and it sucks, but when was the last time we had this much time to communicate and get creative about what the vision of the company is going to look like for the next 10 years? It hasn't happened. And, you know, our, our minds were a little discombobulated and all over the place last week, but now that the dust has settled a little bit, it's like, all right, let's take inventory. Of it, took, where it, we took, stand. it took me four days and five bottles of wine <laughs> exactly. to figure it out. But, but. but let's take some inventory. Let's get creative. Let's put our thinking caps on and let's, let's put, a, let's put a, a, a couple steps forward. Let's get on the offensive here and, and let's really have a distinct plan of how we're going to pick up the pieces and be hard charging when this thing reopens. Whereas and I speak to other gym owners and I've heard other horror stories where, you know, gym owners aren't picking up the phone and they're not speaking to their employees and they're just, they're ducking. And right now, you know, that's, that's not the surest sign of a leader. If you are a leader and you are committed to your business right now, your business needs you more than ever right now. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And like, here's a quick story on that. Right. And it's funny that you say that. Right. So there's a great, I'm not going to put the names in here because you know, I, I, I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings, but there's a really great Italian market near where I used to live then on, on you know, in Emerson. Yeah. And, and I always felt like, you know, like the attitude in there was a little bit low. Like the food was great. The place was great. Their pizza was actually fantastic. But I always felt like the attitude was a little bit low. Like any, no, any, no time when I went in there was anybody like really excited, right? So you could tell like, you know, maybe the business, you know, running, running a food business is, can be draining, right? It's really tough. And uh, I, the second they were shut down on, you know, uh, uh, literally they put out a notice to their community like, hey, we're just going to close up. We're done, right? And, and, and that's a perfect example of what you're saying. Like someone who had kind of like one foot in, one foot out the door, like they would just look like, you know what? I'm done with this shit. Like, I don't want to bother. So there's going to be a lot of gym owners out there who are half in, half out, or maybe they just didn't make some good moves or they weren't systemized or they didn't have a great team surrounding them. And they're just like, you know what? I'm going to go get a job. I'm going to go get another job and figure this out, you know? And, uh, 
and that's going to be the end of it. So, you know, for the, for the hardcore mother efforts out there that are going to ride or die this shit to the end, right. That don't have a plan B. This is the fucking podcast for you right now. <laughs> right. So for, for everybody who's a lifer and doesn't want to do anything else, but show up to work in gym clothes and help people and train people and, and give people your energy all day long. So you can come home exhausted and tired with none for yourself. <laughs> right. Then this is for you, right? The people who have literally had their hands bleeding and scraped and clawed their way to some sort of success in the gym industry. This is the podcast for you. I want to help you. I want to save you. And I want to give you any ideas that I have. And please, by all means, I'm putting this out to the entire industry. Dan and I are not pretending in any way, shape, or form to have all the answers or even, even a small fraction of the answers, right? There are some, I'm, I'm sure there's some people out there doing some really great things right now. We need your help as much as possible. So if you listen to this podcast and you have some great ideas, please contact me or Dan. It's Joe at Varsity House Gym or Dan at Varsity House Gym. Or you can write in, you know, a, a review with some ideas and just let us know because, you know, m this is a platform for us to help other, other gym owners and coaches and strength entrepreneurs. And I'm calling the entire industry here. We need to band together more than ever because the industry is going to change after this. And there's going to be some people that are going to lose their shirts and lose their business and, and go bankrupt. And, and, and that's where I think we can help. So. Let's talk about, let's start with the first thing that we talked about, Dan, you mentioned it already, and that's just the gym, right? As a nerd term being kind of a four letter word, right? The gym got roped up, gyms in general got roped up in the group with, you know, uh, literally like, you know, concerts, uh, uh, you know, music stadiums and, you know, sports stadiums and things like that, right? In this mm -hmm. large group thing and to say, no, gyms are dirty, close those places down first. So in the first wave of lockdowns were the gyms along with all these other large, large venues. And that I think was unfairly categorized because that meant all gyms, but like we're a box, we're a small privately owned, you know, training facility. And even though we do have group classes, all of them, are, our members are super consistent. They're trained, they're training with the same team of people all the time. And it's the same several hundred clients a week that come through the gym. I think the term gym may, maybe was more appropriately, you know, thought of what they were thinking was these giant like health clubs that have thousands of members all using the same equipment and, and in a sense, in an unregulated fashion. And, and I think there's a lot of small gyms out there that got hurt with this, but in the post, you know, COVID-19 apocalypse, if you want to call it, you might have to focus your message on personal training, small group, individualized sessions, individual attention, and using some of those terms and verbiage to make people feel comfortable coming to your facility. And it's that it's not just going to be a jammed packed boot camp class with 50 people sweating and breathing all over each other. What are your thoughts there, Dan? Yeah, no, absolutely. And when you talk about like, just look, I mean, the personalized attention you should be giving your clients regardless, even in a large group setting, you should be able to have, even before this virus, you should be able to have progressions and regressions beyond just the boot camp setting. That's for another podcast. But with that said, it's, it's super important that, and we talked about it a little bit before, but if you do have that class that was, you know, maybe 25 or 30 or 35 people, you know what, like on mind body, it's something that we've never done, but we're going to have, we're going to have to have class registrations with capped class sizes. We're likely going to have to have some type of buffer, even if it's 10 minutes between classes so that places in which people congregate in our gym, like the cubbies or the locker rooms or at the front desk, like at least for the foreseeable future, there's just less traffic in those high density places so that people feel a little bit more comfortable. Um, even in the parking lot, like it'll probably help our parking lot. And so I'm just thinking out loud where a lot of these things are probably things that needed to have happen anyways, to make it a little bit more of a, you know, less haphazard, more personalized, more, um, 
more of a high touch customer and, and client experience. And also I just think know. about it from the verbiage too, this specific marketing. Now we had already started a little bit of a rebranding process before this actually happened because we wanted to focus a lot more on the personal training and small group training that we're doing. Here. Right. And, and that was, you know, in, in all transparency, that was for SEO purposes and redoing our website and such like that. So we had already created a lot of this verbiage. And, and so the idea is that I want gym owners out there. Like if you, if you, if you're, marketing unlimited classes things like that you know no signups and fees no you know drop-ins uh, no drop free ins, classes things like that those are going to be the things that maybe you're going to tell people you know what i'm looking for something more boutique i'm looking for mm -hmm. a i'm looking for a personal training studio i'm looking for a a performance studio I'm exactly exactly and like with our with our onboard process which has always been like this so it's a high touch experience there and and clients sometimes give us a little pushback on this because they want to bring a friend things like that we only allow people to bring friends to designated bring a friend classes where it's like specific for them yeah. right um if somebody's coming in off the street to do a third you know we have our vhu which is our patented 30-day onboard program that's an individualized program there are no random people just coming in and say, Hey, I want to pay 30 bucks for the class or, Hey, you know, um, can I do a free class or a free week that doesn't happen at our gym. So it limits the volume of traffic or unperceived or perceived traffic in a class where, like you said before, if we have one or two new trials and say they come to my class Wednesday at 10 AM, I'm going to introduce that person. Hey, this is, this is Joe. He's in week two of his VHU. You know, let's, I would, I'm going to pair Joe up with a veteran. And it's not something that's like happening every single day with multiple people where, you know, that could kind of put some people off. So something that people should think about right now is what are you doing to um, get people in the door a when this is all over and, and what does your onboard process look like? How can you make it a little bit more individualized? Because I think that would put existing members at ease and new members at ease knowing like, a, I'm coming in and I'm getting like one-on-one -on -one attention or small group. And you're attention. limiting the amount of people you're flooding into the gym at any one time. Exactly. Like exactly. That, you know? Exactly. So that's, I mean, look, it's just, it, it, again, it's food for thought, but I think we already started seeing that, you know, obviously we're varsity house strength and conditioning, right? So we started off as a sports performance only gym. And one of the things we we've always battled with was that, you know, the demographic that we have of adults here, that 40 to 60 year old mom and dad, a lot of those people were misconstrued as to whether or not we could help them personally, or we were just a kid gym or an athlete gym. So we had to work hard to improve that perception part of that was through the branding of our personal training small group training individualized adult programs stuff like that so mm -hmm. you know i think that people will have to think about that right about what's it, funny joe like yeah, which, let me interrupt you real quick yeah, yeah, what's yeah. funny about it is that like you know this social distancing thing it it's it's i just think about it now when you're talking about it in our in our vhu process it's something that we honestly do for new members. Like mm -hmm. we, it's not that we don't want them to meet our new clients, but we're giving them at least two weeks of, you know, group distancing. So we're bringing them up to speed in a sense before we're just kind of letting them into the wild that is varsity house so that they, you know, obviously people don't join gyms for two reasons, as we know, either they're price adverse because they don't see the value or they're insecure about it. So it's just ironic how we've kind of the VHU process, obviously it's a value build and it's something to, you know, it, it's a great product, but it is almost like social uh, warming up, I guess we would call it. Sure. Sure. So let's talk about, let's go to the next one. Like small group, you know, is the new large group. Like we're still going to have some larger, like some larger classes, but like Dan said, we might have to limit those, you know, maybe instead of just an open class where like some Saturdays for VFIT, we would have, you know, we've gotten 60 people to come to the gym. It might just have to be a 20 person cap on all classes going forward. Mm -hmm. Right. And, 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 you know, and, and we've, we've done really, really well here or the clients, I should say, have done really, really well with our small group training product. And it's just been a great addition to the, to the, to the, to the, um, role here of what we do. And, and, you know, those people are getting tremendous results. They're getting to meet with their coaches. So, you know, there's definitely going to be an expansion, a small group, maybe even, you know, a, a, a 
greater focus on private training going forward too. So I think, you know, if you're, if you're primarily like, you know, a wad a day type gym, and there's nothing wrong with that. But again, just thinking for yourself going forward, you might have to a limit class sizes and that might be a mandate from the state. That might not be mm-hmm. something that you're doing just because of social pressure. hundred percent. hundred percent. Hey, you can't have, for the next six months, gyms can't have more than 25 people in the facility at any one time, period. And that includes employees. So then it's like, you know, <laughs> so if you got, if you got 25 people show up for a class, you got to throw out all your mind, everybody get out for 10 minutes, you know, and, and throw everybody out. But, you know, again, just food for thought that if you've been running a large group format class, um, you know, you might have to switch your model a little bit. And that might force, you know, some, some systemic change in your services and the pricing structure and things like that. So at least temporarily, at right? least like temporarily. Speaking to, yeah. yeah. Speaking to Noel yesterday in the Netherlands, you know, I, I know that they just got further, even more sanctions uh, there, but for yeah. the time being, they were allowed to train up to three people at a time. So we might open in three weeks and it might be they might say hey you can only have 10 people at a time at the gym so we might have to be open 24 hours a day to service everybody but you know look we're gonna we're gonna do our best well let's talk about the next topic that kind of brings us to the next topic and that's like uh you know talking about improved social distancing and reduced exposure right these terms didn't really exist in commonality before you know, coronavirus, right? Like nobody heard of the term social, nobody used the term, maybe it existed, but nobody used the term social distancing and reduced exposure, you know, on a common basis. Now it's like, you see it everywhere. Like literally I'm walking into the, to the post office yesterday is please help us reduce our exposure and yours by social distancing. Keep six feet away from the, from the, from mm-hmm. the, from the retail counter. I was like, whoa <laughs> it's like i was like so i was like how am i gonna get my mail i yelled over to the guy he's like he's like i'll put it on the counter and then walk away i was like okay well, i was like why don't you just throw it at me <laughs> right know, put, put a rubber sack band and throw it at me yeah, yeah. <laughs> shoot me shoot me mail planes like eight paper airplanes made it made out of my mail you know exactly. but, but there's a reality to this and then in the very short future there's going to be people who are still concerned now what if you have some like like you're like us our demographic is 40 to 60 but we have a lot of people who are you know, 60 plus too, right? So it's like, if you're in a higher risk demographic, they might be nervous to come back, right? So you have to, again, provide them with some clues that your GSF, right? For all you new listeners, that's the give a shit factor. I wish I, we need a button, Dan. I need a sound button. <laughs> right. Boom or something like that, right? But like you have to show clients that your give a shit factor is super high to their health and safety. And some of the things that we're thinking that are going to be you know, at the forefront of people's mind is social distancing. Are the, are the classes so packed that there's literally people on top of each other sweating and breathing all over each other? You know, so if you can create pods within your gym where there's, let's call it, you know, you can take whatever they mandate, let's say three to 10 people in one side of the gym and three to 10 people on the other side of the gym and keep the distance between them, that they're all going to use a similar, let's call it redundant equipment. So one group of 10 is going to have two rowers, two kettlebells, a a, a set of dumbbells and some bands that can all be sanitized before and after each workout, right? And kind of space them out. I think that's going to help ease the minds of a lot of clients. So like, you know, clients coming back here to Varsity House, you know, Maybe it's going to be an increase in the small group schedule, a, a, a reduction in large group class size temporarily, and, and also spacing people out like, you know, one large group on one side of the big, you know, of the, of the athlete, of the, of the, of the large, you know, um, training area, one small group on the other side and another one on the far side of the gym. You know what I mean? And it's like, you could have three or four small groups going in our gym that just happens to be large enough. We're like, if you're a smaller facility, if you're a 2000 square foot facility, maybe it's just six people per hour and that's it. It's small. Yeah. Day. And maybe it's getting creative too, where, you know, at least for us in the next, you know, three to four weeks, the weather changes. The weather's gonna get so yeah, if you outside. can, if you have, you know, at our old, old facility, we had a shitty uh, grass field, but we loved it. We had great sessions out there. Now we have a turf field and it's, it's really focusing on opening up the doors, getting people outside, being conscientious in your programming of like in high school, hey, or peewee football, arms with distance away from other people. So you all have some, some room to work and, you know, making sure that maybe, maybe today's training session, 
everybody gets their own tool and they don't have to leave that area. Hey, everybody go grab a kettlebell, a band and a set of dumbbells and we're going to warm up and we're going to use these three devices for the next 45 minutes. And look, it's not ideal, but again, I think it's temporary until the, the angst of this whole thing subsides. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's going to be, you know, a, a key component here and that's, you know, making sure that it's really just perception. It's people's perception of space, people's perception of, of safety and people's perception of what they think, um, you know, you're doing as a business to protect those things. Right. So mm -hmm. like, you know, exactly. I think it's really just, you know, making sure that people like, so, you know, I mean, we'll talk about this point in a second, but like, you know, we kind of talk about, you know, big box gyms, you know, having a little bit of, uh, uh, I think have, we'll have big box gyms, meaning big public like health club type gyms, the lifetimes, the New York sports clubs, the equinoxes of the world. We'll have a little bit of, of a tougher time here um, after coronavirus because there's, there's, there's no connection to the ownership, the community, the coaches, right? Like here, it's like everybody knows Joe and Dan, everybody knows the entire coaching staff and we communicate with our people all the time. And, and for the most part, I would say that everybody knows that we have their best interest top of mind. You know, you know, the last thing I want is anybody getting hurt, anybody getting sick, you know, anybody having a bad experience here in the gym and, and I, on our GSF towards our client experience, customer service, and overall, you know, uh, product is super, super high where like, you know, uh, you know, and, I, and I'm not throwing them under the bus because I, I don't know them and I probably will never meet them. But like the owner of Equinox is a mega billionaire. And I doubt that anybody who actually trains at Equinox has met him at the gym personally. And like, it's not like he's walking around in the middle of sessions being like, hey, how's your Zumba class? Hey, how was your workout today? You know what I mean? And, and that's just not right. happening. When me and you are on the floor all day, it's like, hey, how was it? What do you need? How are you doing? How's your nutrition going? How's things going with Simone? You know, you know, wh where can we help you? What do you need support with? And it's like, oh, you know, you guys are so great. You really care. You know, it's like, yeah, we do care because small group community, we might have a larger you know, privately owned box gym, but we're still a privately owned small business, you know, that actually cares. All right. So that's, you know, social distancing again, like pod space, redundant equipment. I think that that's going to be a big thing, like sectioning off your gym and having like, you know, each, each section has, you know, the equipment that that section uses and there's not a lot of cross contamination. Uh, let's, talk about, let's move on to number five, you know, then let's yeah. talk about, you know, the athlete kids programs. I think for me, I'm speaking about our experience. You know what I mean? You know, here I was, you know, 2006, opened up my first gym, super excited, you know, a uh, brand new entrepreneur, complete dipshit, right? Just want to train people and have fun. I want to work with athletes. And here comes another, you know, here comes another dipshit. <laughs> Decides he wants to go into the gym business too. And the two, two meatheads, you know, fall in love and partner up in, in, in the like fall winter of 2008 and open up our gym in the spring of 2009 in the worst recession in history other than the great depression. And, and, and we, you know, we were booming, right. And we were busy that summer and we got busier and busier and busier every year since. Why? Because when, you know, if the economy's down a little bit and people are tight with their money, they're still spending money on their kids. Right. And everybody wants their kids to be successful. So like, you know, like we always said, you know, maybe they won't put the new addition on the house, put in the new kitchen, buy the new G wagon, but they're going to go spend, you know, 500 bucks on their kids. They're still going to, kids are still going to have their AAU programs, right? So kids are still going to have their, you know, their summer, summer programs and stuff like that. There's still going to be summer camps and all those types of things. Right. It, you know, again, it comes back to people buy what they value and most people value their kids. Good time. And their kids, I wouldn't even say good time. It's experience. I mean, you're, you talk about it. We talked about it on the call yesterday, like for your son, Antonio, like this summer, regardless of what happens, he's going to swim lessons, he's going to karate and he's signed up for soccer camp. So yeah. like you might have to adjust your summer family vacation to sac to make sacrifices so that his experience is still the same. And I think a lot of parents feel the same way. And just knowing the statistics in 2008, 2009, not because I knew them then, but because I know them now, we no studying we what happened. Attention. Right. I had no idea. It didn't matter. We were but just surviving. The, the thing is about it is that we weren't training adults. But what's funny about 
the industry in 2008, really between 2007 and 2009, it's one of the only industries that had exponential growth year over year. And it's funny right now where everybody's home and it's like, okay, people can work from home. You know, they could watch Netflix and things like that. But I think fitness is really the catalyst of people like keeping their sanity right now. It's something that people are not willing to forego. They're in the basement. They're, you know, they're getting creative. They're doing running stairs in their house. They're doing 500 kettlebell swings. They're whatever. They're look, look at this push up challenge that's happening yeah, on yeah, social yeah. media. Right? Everybody, everybody and their mother's doing. I got I got right I got to do my 10 for, for, uh, for Migs and, uh, Right. I owe, I owe like a thousand, I know a thousand pushups. So, but it's just funny, like on the back end of this thing, I know for me personally, like I, I, I'm going to probably, you know, look, this is going to affect us too. Like last week we're supposed to be in Florida. That trip got canceled. I had a trip coming up to Rhode Island. Uh, that trip's canceled. So, and it's canceled, you know, because it's just from a financial strain. Don't want to, don't want to, risk it at this point but in terms of my personal fitness i haven't missed a session yet um when we get back to it i'm going to go right back to boxing and i'm going to go back and i'm going to support uh joe rossi not because i want to help joe but i also i don't want to i don't want to sacrifice that i'd rather skip um i'd rather skip a, a dinner out i'd rather skip a weekend trip to be able to do the things that i can consistently do and that that make me feel better. And I think for a lot of people when they come on the backside of this thing is that fitness is not going to be something that they want to, they want to give up. It might, you might have to get more creative getting new people in because if they didn't know about it before, if they're like, Oh man, like an extra 200 a month or 400 a month, like you might have to do some things to let them experience you for a little bit of a longer time. But I think people are, people are going to need it more than ever. It just might, it might take us three months to bounce back from this. It might take us six, but eventually the bounce back is going to be massive. Yeah. And I mean, like, let's talk about the kids stuff specifically. Right. So like we always had an athlete program, right. And that was always busy. So I think people, you know, I think there's going to be a good market there. Cause like we said, no matter what. And look, I spoke to a bunch of moms this week. You know, obviously we're calling all our clients every day and they were all like, I can't wait for these kids to go back to school. <laughs> right. Right. You know, cause you gym. got two, three, four kids home, you know, so there's, they're going to be looking for stuff for the kids to do no matter what. Right. School's going to end in the end of June, just like it always does. And July and August parents are going to be looking for stuff. And if you could provide them with an outlet for their positive outlet for their kids. So whether it's sports performance or just like general PE for kids, a kids program. So if you're not a sports performance gym, don't try to be, you know, start a fun PE program for kids age nine through 12. Right. And just, and it's like after school. PE. You know, what's Joe, you know, what's so cool. We, we heard it in, and, and Estrella in, in Philly. I know you listen to the show. Sure. Uh, her and her husband, um, what they do, it's a, it's a, uh, it's an adult specific gym. They train powerlifters and, and, and uh, strength athletes and, and, and regular, you know, um, moms and dads and everything like that. But something that they are doing for the summer, um, and something they've done in the past is that they do their PE program for kids on one Saturday a month. And it's from like, I think like five p- or five or 6 PM to 9 PM. So the parents of their gym can come and drop their kids off and they do like a two or three hour like PE class in the gym and it acts as like a babysitter for those oh, parents that. to That's get out. That's a great idea. Go. I'm yeah, writing really that down cool myself. Idea. Really cool idea that – you know, the daycare she, that I go to does that, Dan, and I think that that's always yeah. been a huge. They do like a they do like a date night, like a couple, like once yeah, a week, great. once a month, once a month. I mean, you, you, that's what she's doing, and yeah. you talk about it. She's like, listen, sometimes there's two or three kids, but it's such a cool add value to people. And somebody that you know has a small niche gym with 50, 60, 70 members, for you to have you know, a little, uh, a kid's program on a Friday or Saturday night, you, you could put age parameters on it, you know, whatever it's going to be. It could be like, Hey, no kid, it's kids like four to seven or whatever, whatever yeah, it's going to yeah, be. But yeah. I just thought it was a really cool idea. You're right. So then like a, a summer camp, like a summer PE camp is something what we were talking about doing this summer. And that might be a big, you know, thing. Cause just again, 
you know, smaller groups, maybe there's only 10 kids per group. You have a couple hours throughout the day that you can like, but a lot of gyms are going to have dead time, no matter what they do between 11 and three. So why not fill it with something that you think you could, that would add a lot of value back to your, um, you know, back, back to your community and the people you already serving. So absolutely you know, give them an opportunity to like drop off their kids and stuff like that. There'll definitely be some, uh, some, some people taking you up on that. So let's talk about, let's go to the next one. Number six. Right. And this is like a little bit, I don't want to sound like a, like radical, crazy, like, you know, uh, here, but like, I don't know. I see things changing and I've been reading a lot in the Harvard business. We were reading a lot. You know, I, I get, I get the wall street journal every day and I read that at home. And, and just seeing what other big businesses are doing. And, you know, some of them are screening their employees daily, right? Like literally like temperature screening. So what, what if, what if, you know, they require, you know, weekly or monthly or daily testing, right? Are you going to be able to screen your people coming in and out of the gym? Right. And I mean like your employees, right? So I think, I think one of the things that people are going to want to hear is your your not only your sanitary practices but like how you clean the gym but your health code of conduct right like how you are ensuring the safety of your community by ensuring the health and well-being of your staff right that you know hey we have a strict i don't know hand washing policy plus a you know a, a no germ policy if you're sick stay home type policy stuff like that and that might even come down and I'm thinking about this further, like that might change some PTO. Maybe there's, you know, like, you know, for, for gyms like ours who give their employees PTO paid time off, you know, maybe that's, you know, if maybe in the post Corona world, you know, they're getting more sick time because, you know, now it's like, Hey, if you're sick, it's almost like the perception is going to be like the last thing you're going to want in the gym business right now is a coach who's sneezing and coughing and blowing mm -hmm. their nose all over the place. You know, people might just run out of the facility. Like, ah, right. And ouch. in our industry too, it's like a badge of honor to show up to work. It's like, you're not yeah. doing anybody favors if you're sniffling and hacking a cough away for weeks on end, like stay home for a week and get the heck out of here. And that's, it, it's, that's a really good point you bring up. Yeah. I mean, so it's like, you look, stay out of here. Perception is, you know, is bad at this point. Like people are looking like, you know, like when me and you now, just before this all broke down, Dan and I had taken a trip to Orlando. And the second we get to the hotel, we get in the elevator, a dude gets in the elevator and starts coughing. Me and Dan are like, Oh my God, what are you doing? Like, I, don't, I wanted to like throw, I want to punch the guy, throw him out of the elevator. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like who gets in the elevator? You, you, you were just standing outside coughing your shirt for God's sake. He gets in the elevator and coughs. We were like, I held my breath the entire time. <laughs> so did i <laughs> i ran out of there I'm like oh, oh, oh. <laughs> so bad so again just like thinking about you know your sanitary practices like you know and and kind of building on screening possibly screening your employees and, and for health issues right and that's literally could be like a forehead so like every day everybody's gotta get their temperature taken hey if you have a fever you're done like you can't come to work like this is it period like you gotta worry about other people getting sick at this point so but i think like the perception, and this is something we talked about before, you know, the lockdown came, but the perception of sanitation has to be like omnipresent, right? And that's, you know, sanitation stations, like literally, you know, in every quarter of the gym, a stand-up station with wipes, you know, hand sanitizer, spray bottles, paper towels, and anything everywhere that clients need to clean up after themselves and keep care of themselves. Um, you know, I really think that a, a hand washing protocol is, is something that's so like, you know, I get this from the food service industry. Obviously my mother been in food service her whole life. Um, you know, they had to wash their hands, you know, when she was working for the County, they had to wash their hands. Obviously I don't know if they did it or not, but they had to wash their hands every half hour. And then I was up last week talking to the, to the, to the crew at Starbucks and they were like, well, you know, one thing that, that I said, how come you guys don't have to wear gloves? I see a lot of like businesses, everybody's wearing gloves and they're like, well, we don't actually have to because, you know, Starbucks has always had a really strict hand washing policy. Every half hour, we have to wash our hands and we set a timer. When the timer goes off, everybody's got to go wash their hands. And I was like, oh, that's, that's kind of, that's neat. So like maybe it's, you know, a strict policy in your bylaws that says, hey, all coaches have to wash their hands before and after every training session. And it's just like something that has to happen or sanitize. What about a sanitary promise? This is something that we thought of yesterday on yesterday's call with the, with the group uh, uh, brainstorm we did. And that was like, you know, 
you know, maybe on your contracts, even to clients, it's like, I promise, like you can't force people to do stuff, but it's like, I promise to use the best sanitary practices in decision-making. I promise to wash my hands before and after training sessions. I promise not to come to the gym if I'm sick. And it's part of like your, your, your release form that they sign. You know, it's almost like, you know how some release forms, Dan, have like a, like a social media, you know, promise policy where it's like, Hey, I agree to, allow my likeness pictures and blah, blah, blah to be used for marketing and social media. Maybe this is like, Hey, you know, I agree to stay home if I'm sick or a family member or, or immediate family member has been sick. Of course. I, I think that comes down to like also addressing, and <clears throat> this is part of the educational program of coaching coaches, but it's bringing people up before classes and consistently going over the expectations inside the gym. When we get to just even a traditional cold and flu season, it's letting people know, hey, look, here's the situation. We have sanitation stations, but look, it's the wintertime. Flu season is going to go around. We ask that everybody, if you feel the onset of getting sick or you are sick, give everybody the respect of staying home and out of the gym for a week. If you're feeling better, here's my email. We'd be happy to send you <clears throat> at-home workouts and take care of you while you're home if you're feeling back up. The training at the gym and during cold and flu season that will be part of our protocol at varsity house right and you know and because go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. yeah no, i was saying like you know going by like what we did when we got the lockdown when we let people borrow equipment so like if somebody knows they're going to be sick and they're coming it's like hey you know can i can i you know, borrow a couple pieces of equipment. It's like, yeah, we put it in a box outside. You come pick it up outside. Oh, come in. Right. <laughs> exactly. But like, but I'm happy, which, I would be happy to let, like if some, because how many people is it really going to be? You're going to have like a dozen people who are out with like a cold or flu over the wintertime, right? So if I have to let out a kettlebell, a dumbbell and two bands, you know, for a right. week while somebody's recovered from home, like that's not a big deal and put them on True Coach or some other online platform and get them some online right. training. Speaking of which, the equipment that we lent out, you know, before everybody brings it back, there will be a sanitation <laughs> yeah, yeah. station outside of the gym. And yeah. if you borrowed it, you're cleaning it. And, and please bring it back in general. Just yeah. make sure I get my shit back. All right. So let's talk about cardio classes, right? So, you know, one of the things that I'm thinking, I'm, I'm blowing the whistle on is that, you know, and, and look, I'm not shitting on anybody in the industry out there who's got a spin studio or a Zumba studio or, or, or some type of boot camp, right? They're all good ways to get people into fitness. Um, and, and, and again, I'm a big believer that anything is better than nothing. So if, if you're somebody who likes spin and that's what you do and you'll show up to a spin class three days a week, great. Then if that's the fitness that you're attracted to, then it's better than the person who's like, well, I don't want to do that or I don't want to do that. And they just wind up doing nothing. But in the post, you know, coronavirus apocalypse, right? When everybody is going to be bugging the fuck out, right? The last place I want to be is going to be in a confined, in a small spin room with 40 bikes and people breathing and sweating all over the place, right? And that just that huffing and puffing in that small room. And I've been to some small, some spin studios in the past. And they're like, you know, like a sweat box. And you know, by the end of the workout that you're literally just like breathing in everybody else's breath, right? So, yeah. you know, the giant boot camp classes, you know, and like, look, there's some big boot camp businesses out there, right? Uh, you know, and that are running, that have run good gyms, but it's like, you know, I don't want to like, again, the, the Barry's of the world, the Orange Theory's of the world, the F45's of the world, are those places, are those places going to be con like able to drop their numbers drastically, control the environment? Because most of those places are just like get in, work hard, sweat it out. You know, everybody like, like at Orange Theory, like everybody uses the same equipment. They just rotate through all the same equipment. So you could have 20, 25 people just rotating through equipment, right? And and so forth. You know, so I don't know. I don't know. I I think yeah. I think there's gonna be a I think people are gonna be looking for more individualized attention. I think they're gonna be looking for, you know, more specific PT, like personal training, small group training. And I think that from just the initial eye test, you know. And I, I mean, look, look, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but like, how would you feel about like if, if after, you know, all this lifted in like a couple of weeks and Dana's like, yeah, I'm going to go join a spin studio. It's like, oh, no, it's eh, not probably not the best place. To no, <laughs> but if I ran, but if we had spin, right, if we, if we did have something like that, or you, you're, you're listening and your gym has it, or you have Zumba, or you have something that, that looks like orange theory, or you're an orange theory franchise owner. 
look, at the end of the day, it's about supply and demand. If you have 20 spin bikes or you, you can accommodate 20 spin bikes and you had four rows of five, you know, you might have to, you might have to lose one in each row and, and talk about the distancing and talk about increased ventilation and talk about, um, you know, having a little bit more space. And look, if you have to charge two or three dollars more per person or five bucks more per person, you'll make the same exact money. Um, and it sucks because you don't want to raise the prices on, on the heels of something like this, but it's kind of like you're, you're stuck between a rock and a hard place. And again, there will be people that want and love all forms of fitness. Yes. Um, so you'll be fine. It's just about making, you're going to have to make some concessions. 100%. Yeah. I just think like, look, I mean, a lot of our clients that we've spoken to this week, they're dying to get back to the gym. They're dying to get back to some sense of normalcy and some sense of routine. Right. And that, and that's a lot of the people who are into fitness and, and actively seek out and look for fitness. That's going to be their mindset. Like, Hey, this was part of my life. This is part of what's kept me healthy. I'm not going to give up on that. But I would like to see that there are some actions being taken by the facilities that I go to to make sure that we're at least protected. I'm willing to take a certain amount of risk by even going in the first place, but I want to make sure that they're doing their part too. And that's A, you know, sanitation practices are, are front and foremost, that B, they're limiting class sizes and social distancing, right? And C, you know, they are, they are, you know, actively educating their community consistently as to what the expectation of sanitation is within the facility, whether it's, you know, like, you know, whatever, like guys just not cleaning, like not bringing a towel and sweating all over equipment. Like that's just not acceptable anymore. Like that's just like, and not, and not even to the slightest degree. It's like, guys, you got to clean up after yourselves. You got to wear, you got to wear clothes that you're not sweating all over equipment. You got to wear, you got to bring a towel. And, 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 you know, and one of the things we didn't mention in that was like, you know, maybe, maybe gyms now have to have an on staff, you know, you know, cleaning person an on staff, like 24, like when the gym's open, I test optics might say that it might be better to have somebody in the gym, cleaning the gym the entire time when clients are there to make them feel comfortable. So somebody mm-hmm. comes in and literally there is somebody following behind clients, wiping up sweat, cleaning things and, and, and doing their part. So um, we've always had great sanitary practice. We've always had the gym professionally clean. We've always cleaned the gym ourselves. We, we, you know, we do all the things, but you know, it, every gym, you know, you know, is kind of like a meeting ground, right? So there's lots of people, there's lots of, and, and it's, you know, it's by no means germ free. It's just, you know, it's as clean as it can be for a gym. You know what I mean? And that's really the key here. So now, now it's going to be improving that perception even more and improving that sanity. Like today, you know, I, I posted a picture on, our, on my Instagram. I mean, our cleaning crew was here today um, and, and they atomized the entire facility with literally like a hospital. This is like something that you would use if like your, 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 your wrestling room at a school got Mercer and they would come in, shut down and quarantine the entire area and then spray this stuff in there that literally sticks to everything and kills everything. And it's an enzyme based, you know, bacteria, viral side, fungal side mold, you know, uh, uh, agent that sticks to everything. It's inert to humans. It doesn't hurt. It's not going to hurt you at all or anything like that. So you don't have to worry about like, it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, not a caustic chemical or anything like that, but we had that done. And, and, you know, since I'm pretty much like me and Adam, it's like, we're like a small crew coming in here now. It's like, you know, I got to paint, I'm going to clean up a little bit. And when people come, when this place opens up, I want people to walk in and be like, wow, it's, it's <laughs> smells clean, looks clean. And, and I see some changes going on here. So, you know, you got to give that perception that you're, that your GSF is super high and you're actually trying to make some changes and change the way you do business. hundred percent. All right. Let's talk about, we'll talk about big box gyms and then the online thing, you know? Okay. So, you know, again, we're a big box gym by technically a big box, big warehouse gym. But like when I'm talking about big boxes, I'm talking about the, you know, the, the, the health clubs of the world. And you know, if you're a health club owner or you're someone who sells primarily sells memberships and you just, you got a thousand members that come to the gym and, or more. And it's like, you got people that are just coming and going, um, you know, and, and utilizing all the equipment. 
I think that, you know, you, you're going to have to work extremely hard in the post Corona, you know, world to make sure that people feel safe coming into an environment with that many people. I think what we're going to see in our space is an increase in people leaving those places and coming to places like ours and, and, and boutique fitness and personal training facilities and things like that. Not just because of the volume of people, but just because again, what we keep talking about that GSF factor, like everybody here knows Dan and Joe, everybody knows our coaching staff. And I think it's just going to be really important for people to, people are going to want to feel like somebody has their best interest, you know, top of mind. And they're not going to want to be in some giant corporate world where they, they don't know, you know, anybody and they don't, they can't voice their concerns. And when they go to the front desk at the crunch fitness or whatever, it's like, Oh, uh-huh, right. You get some kid who doesn't, you know, even care. Right. So I think, you know, that's going to be a big part of, of this moving forward. What we have is community. What we have is give a shit factor. And what we have is, is owners and coaches who know our clients intimately and care about what they have to say. So focus on that even more in the next couple months and make sure that you call your clients, talk to them. What are you feeling? You know, what can I do to make you feel comfortable? Like, is there anything that, that you think would help, you know, uh, you know, build up your community, you know, have some host a community virtual get together, right? You know, have some, I, you know, communicate regularly, you know, and, and, and survey them, let them know that you're trying, tell me what I need to improve so that you guys feel comfortable, right? And sending out like a little survey to your community might help in that respect. You might get some ideas as to what clients are thinking about, whether it's sanitation or, you know, people cleaning up after themselves, or maybe, maybe you didn't realize that most people complain about your bathrooms and your bathrooms have been dirty. So it's like, Hey, I'm going to hire a cleaning crew to clean the bathrooms like spotless every day, whatever it might be. So some, some things there. And then, Last but not least, you know, is the online world. Now, obviously, mm-hmm. we're seeing a massive boom and mm-hmm. everybody has been scrambling to kind of get online. And a call that I was on earlier this week with somebody and they were like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm straying away from the online thing. And I said, well, why? And I said, you got to connect with your community. He's like, well, he's like, there's so many people out there doing it really well. So I'm just forwarding people to them. And I was like, well, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, no. And, and not that like, um, you know, again, like not that they're going to go join another gym, but they're online platform because these are online platforms. But remember people fell in love with you and your community, mostly because of you, like, like our gym, the way it looks, the vibe, the staff we have, it's kind of a reflection of you and me, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and like our personalities and our vibe, you know, is kind of similar to everybody that works here in the community that we, that we have attracted. Right. And so we all have some commonalities, right. Where like, if, if you, you want to connect to your community, so you want to have, you know, some online stuff that's like you guys, like they loved you. They loved your classes. They loved your teaching. They loved your stupid one-liners. You know what I mean? They loved your dumb jokes and things like that. Right. And, 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 you know, that's what, that's what they'll be missing. Right. So something with that too, Joe, is that it's the, like at this point too, it's like, it, it's your, it's your crew, like your team, you know, obviously their team is a reflection of you, like, you know, a collection of like-minded individuals and what they miss is the camaraderie with, within training with others. So what type of challenges can you put out to your community? Um, what type of, uh, value can you provide that say like, you know, Jeff Cavalier puts out amazing online content. Right. I'm not going to beat but, Jeff Cavalier what he does. No, right now, you know, but Jeff Cavalier is also not going to speak to anybody, you know, like it's, this is what I'm putting out, take it or leave it. There's no interaction. And at the end of the day, it's 50% X's and O's and it's 50% accountability. And that's what makes a great coach. And there's a lot of great coaches that don't have, you know, that have average understandings of, of, uh, of X's and O's, 
that are amazing when it comes to client connection and accountability because their level of care is extremely high. And then there's people that have an amazing understanding of X's and O's that are total introverts that could give two shits about the accountability of their, of their clients. Or they just so, can't connect. They can't find good ways to connect. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So be yourself gang. The key to online is being yourself because people are going to be attracted to you, right? The realness. The realness, the realness, right? And, and, exactly. and the reality is that you can scale things online. Like, you know, like, you know, we, we got online pretty quickly, like a lot of people in the last week. And we just basically kept doing exactly what we were doing. Coaches were coaching their virtual, their small groups and private clients, you know, via online platforms and virtual zoom calls and stuff like that. I started filming the V fit classes, you know, a couple days a week, right? I simplified them obviously for people working out at home. Uh, we, I created, we created a strength series. We got some equipment specific series coming out, bands, med balls, kettlebell, kettlebells, things like that. Right. And, and so just be you, just be creative. Take what you've done in your gym for years and, you know, translate that to, you know, what you're doing, what you can do online. Just re it's in a sense, just record what you've already done. You don't have to do anything different. Be yourself connect with your community. And, and I also look at it like, you know, here's, here's the marketing side of this, you know, online thing. You don't have to be the next Jeff Cavalier and may, and, and have a million, no. million dollar online business. What if it's just a option for people who have, you know, moms or dads or wives or, or husbands who are working from home more and, and can't make it to the gym because they're glued to a computer all day and they want to they want a, an at home option. So, the, 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 you know, dad comes to the gym and the mom is working from home, right? Maybe she wants to jump on an at home membership that you can add to his membership for X. You know what I mean? Maybe there's a family membership and a family online, like VH family online membership that, that has interactive workshops for the kids, nutrition, PE, you know, mom and dad to do fitness at home, you know, content, mindset, whatever, like it could be anything like, you know, and, and so I'm thinking of our online program as just an additional tier to, of support, right? Hey, no matter what, where you're at in your fitness or what your schedule looks like, you got team VH in your back pocket, you know? So if you can make it here to the gym and come to our classes, fantastic. If you can't, you have this other option that we're happy to give you and, 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 and your family, your loved ones, your friends, you know, and the community, if you need support, right. I think the big perception of the industry is going to be like, Hey, coming to the gym is great, but there's going to be a lot of people who are going to still be like, you know, the gym's back open, but eh, I might give it another month. You know what I mean? And, mm -hmm. and so you want to, you want to have an option that you can deliver to them. Totally. Totally. So, I mean, so. Guys, there's really, you know, these are just some of the ideas that we have, right? And, and I think that, you know, again, for me, on, on Sunday, I was just, I was literally just brainstorming and writing out ideas. And some of this stuff kind of popped into my head. And I was like, you know what, let me formalize this a little bit more, because there is some ideas here that I think are going to, you know, ha we're going to have to take into action. And so, you know, a couple key takeaways from this is like the verbiage, how you sell yourself going forward might have to change. Perception of cleanliness, perception of sanitation, perception of GSF. You must show your clients that you give a shit, really a, a lot of shit about, you know, the cleanliness of your facility, the safety of your staff and your community. That's going to be omnipresent. And I, and, and I think, you know, the world has shown that people do want to and will work out at home provided the right platform and a little bit of basic equipment right so maybe what what was that Dan? i said they have like right they have to right now they a, have to they have to right There's so so right now they have to but going forward they might want to right because like i know like i look at adele like i have a nice little setup at home for my wife and she likes working she's like go downstairs whenever she wants I got, you know, dumbbells, kettlebells, bands, rower, skier, bike, and she can do anything she wants down there. So it's like a nice little option to literally, you know, for fitness. So why not deliver it to them? Maybe, maybe it even comes down to selling some basic equipment packages at your gym, right? So like a husband or wife who comes to your gym, 
you know, can get that for themselves and work it at home too. So, Hey, you know what, this is, this is a great option, you know, cause sometimes I'm super busy at work and I can't make it for three or four days. This will keep me going. And, and so there's another revenue stream there for sure. So those are some of the things we got for you, gang. We're working on this every single day. Dan, myself, the rest of Team VH, our, our, our private mastermind group, the Strongest Year Project, and the team that we have there, you know, are, are adding tons of ideas and, and, and content daily to try and help other gym owners like yourselves navigate through this and come out the other end, you know, uh, uh, successful, you know, and, and so we'll be, you know, probably doing one or two more podcasts specifically on this and what we're doing, you know, in the, in, in the aftermath of, of coronavirus. And uh, like I said earlier in the podcast, if you have, um, you know, any information, or you're doing something that you think is really great that other people could benefit from, please share it with us so we can give you credit for it, one, and two, uh, that we can help, you know, spread it to the world. And that's, you know, Joe at Varsity House Gym or Dan at Varsity House Gym. And this is the Business of Strength podcast, everybody. We really appreciate you. And as always, leave us a five-star review if you could. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. Peace out. Stay strong, everybody. See you soon. The business of strength powered by Varsity House Gym. Turn your passion into your profession and learn how to run a world-class business.